Mark chapter 4, all has been about Jesus saying to us and saying to the people and to the disciples, listen, tune in to this and obey. And what he said in Mark chapter 1, Jesus came and said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel and listen, listen, tune into it. It's a dark noisy world that we live in. And your head is often very noisy. We got all this chatter going on in our heads that we are trying to figure out, does God really love me like He says He does? I think the greatest problem that all of us have from the beginning is that we, have, we don't really believe that God loves us the way He says He does. If we really believed that God loved us the way He said He did, we, we never would have sinned. Adam and Eve would not have sinned. We would not continue to sin. Our entire lives are us doing our own way often thinking that, you know what, I'm not getting loved the way I want to be loved, and so I'm about to figure it out my own way. And Jesus says to us, listen. Listen. The Gospel says that you are loved far more than you will ever imagine. It's a very dark, noisy world, and it's often noisy in our heads. But someone says God's mission of salvation is the biggest, loudest thing in the room. And the reason that's true is because Jesus came. And one of Jesus' disciples wrote in the book of 1 John, he says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. The disciples saw Jesus. They were with Jesus. They saw the love of God in person. They were with Him in person. They walked with Him in person. And John wrote the, first, the, gospel, the book of First John saying, hey, I'm telling you this because I've seen Him. I've touched Him. I've held Him. And it's true. And Jesus says all through the Gospels, listen, listen. And hear this. So why do we have such a difficult time trusting God? And how do we grow in our faith? At the end of Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells this very familiar story. Mark tells this very familiar story. Just He wrote it quickly and pretty briefly, but it's packed with action. So we're going to look at it this way. We're going to look at what a day, what a storm, what a stop. In what a stir. It says in verse 35, on that day. I mean, this has been quite the day for the disciples. In Mark chapter 4, he starts where Jesus sat down with thousands of people, all on the hillside listening to Jesus. They, they wanted to get a piece of Jesus. They wanted to be healed by Jesus. And the disciples, they were in the in-group. I mean, just before that, Everybody thought he was crazy. His own family thought he was crazy. Jesus gets his disciples around him. And he's sitting at a table. He's, he's healing people, doing all these miracles. His family comes. And Jesus says, who are my brothers and my sisters? And he says, it's the ones that are around me. And the disciples were around Jesus. And he called them specifically. He said, hey, I want this group to go up with me to this mountain. And then he called them out specifically. And he said, I chose you. I want you to be with me. 
And then he gathers all these people and he starts talking to them in parables that nobody else can really understand except those who have ears to hear and who Jesus explains the parables to. So he gets his disciples and these guys have been listening to Jesus all day long, hear about his teaching, and then getting an inside scoop on what the teaching meant. This has been quite a day for these guys. These guys were being told, hey, a harvest is going to come. The kingdom of God has come. Don't get discouraged, he told them. And the seed's going to grow. And then Jesus said, hey, if you, if you listen, there's great hope. Because it may seem like a small thing now, but it's like a mustard seed that just grows and expands. And they had all this great news, and they were probably feeling like this following Jesus was a very good idea. That leaving our jobs and leaving what we did for a living and totally committing to Him is, is a great idea. We are in. Look at all these people who are out here to listen to Him. And we know this guy personally. I mean, we're right next to Him. And this is going to be a great ride. This is going to be the Messiah. The promise that Israel has been waiting for. And we know Him. He's going to do some stuff. He's going to change things. And we're going to have a special part in it. I mean, this was a great day for the disciples. And then Jesus said to them, hey, it's been a long day. Let's go on the other side. Let's get away from the crowd. I just want to be with you. I'm kind of tired. So Jesus was already in the boat. And like, sure. They followed and obeyed God. He, they, they got into the boat and he walked out. And Jesus goes in the back of the boat, lays down on a cushion, and falls asleep. Because he was tired. He'd spent a long, long day teaching and dealing with people and talking with people. And Jesus was 100% human. He was the God-man. He would get up in the morning, he would walk and talk and work, and he'd get tired, and then he'd fall asleep, and he would rest. And this was the God-man that did this. And just on a side, you're not the God-man. And some of you get up and you want to just keep going and going and going and going. And you go, I can just do this. I don't have to rest. You're just working, 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 working because you've got to get it done. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus worked a long, hard day. And then he got in the boat and said, let's get away from these people. Let's catch a break. And I'm so tired. I'm actually going to go sleep. And you guys just get across the other side. And they obeyed him. It was quite a day for these guys. I mean, they, they, they were superstars with the superstar. Nobody could come to Jesus unless they let them through. I mean, these guys had everything going for them. And Jesus says, hey, let's go this way. And they had heard it all. But Jesus does something with these guys. He takes the disciples into the reality of everything that they just heard. Into the reality of the Word. I mean, it's one thing to enjoy listening to a podcast of a good sermon. So one thing to enjoy coming to church and hearing what the Bible has to say and say, yes, I agree with that. That's good. And it's encouraging. And I'm going to follow that. It's a completely different thing to turn off the podcast or walk out of church and show up at work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when it is a storm. And deal with that. And say, yes, I still believe. I'm still 
trusting in God. That's what Jesus did. He knew they heard it. He knew it was a good day for them. He knew the information he gave them was great. And now he said, let's, let's get in this boat. We're going to go on the other side. I'm going to take you into the reality of everything that you just heard and show you how the Word is really supposed to work in our lives. And he goes down and he falls asleep and it is a rowing away. It's been a great day. And then what a storm comes up. It says, And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. All these little details. They got into this boat and there was other boats around them. Jesus went to the bottom of the, the back of the ship and he laid his head down on a pillow. I mean, those little details are important for us. So this is an eyewitness account that Mark probably got from Peter because Mark wasn't there. And only an eyewitness would make these details. Yeah, Jesus, there was other boats around him. It wasn't just this one boat. And then there was a pillow that he put his head on. You don't make up a story like that. That's just what an eyewitness would say. So Jesus went down, he fell asleep in this boat, had his head on his pillow. And this huge storm came up which was a common thing. There was huge mountains around there, and it would form this little wind tunnel, and they would go on the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden, there would be a perfectly clear day, and a storm could rise up. This was like a hurricane came in. It was a furious squall that came about. But these guys were experienced fishermen. I mean, at least seven of them, that's what they did for a living. They spent their time on the Sea of Galilee. They, they should have been used to this, and they were used to this. But this was such a huge storm that it made trusting that they were going to get across difficult. They panicked. What makes trusting God difficult for us? The same thing that made it for the disciples. The timing of things. The tangle of things. And just, we're not sure how things are going to turn out. All of this stuff stirs up for us storms. You're living, you're, you're moving, and all of a sudden something pops up and it's not the time you thought that was going to take place. And are you going to trust is God's timing perfect? Or we don't trust God because it doesn't get over with in two days. And there's a deep tangle. And more things get thrown up. And more difficulties come. And more hardships come. And it gets more complex. And more difficult. And sometimes we think it's going to st slow down and then it picks itself back up again. And we have to ask, how much more am I going to have to go through and we start to wonder, am I really going to trust God? And we're not really sure how it's going to turn out. And the truth is, some of the difficult things that we go through, we will never know how they're going to turn out in our life. We may never see the reason why. But we want to know. Will I find out? If I can't find out why this is happening to me, then God just might not be who he says he is. And are we going to trust God? And that's what these guys were in. They're in a boat about 26 feet long, four and a half feet high. Jesus is at the bottom, sleeping on a cushion. Huge hurricane comes up. Massive squall. And they panic. And I'm sure they just didn't walk up to Jesus and say, oh, he's really sleeping. You know, let's not wake him up yet. 
The water is pouring in, and Jesus is still sleeping in the boat. And it's not necessarily that they went to Jesus saying, hey, we know what he's going to do. He'll stop this thing. I think it was more like, I can't believe he's still sleeping. The rest of us are bailing, and Jesus is still sleeping. I don't care if he's teaching. I mean, I know he's the teacher, but misery loves company. And we all got to be in this thing. Somebody go get Jesus. And they all ran, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we're about to die? We would probably say that really differently this morning. When we're going through difficult times like that, we might not say, hey, don't you care that we're perishing? We, we, we would say, God, this shouldn't be happening to me. Oh, we just had a good day together. I mean, you were just teaching all these people. You, you, were, you, were, you were giving us the inside scoop. Things were things are supposed to be going good for us. Now this happened? Have you ever felt like that? This, this shouldn't be happening to me, God. And why is this happening to me, God? Don't you care that we're perishing? Jesus is very gracious. And his reaction could have been, are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? Do you know what it took for me to become a human? Take on human form. I know everything about you. And Jesus loved them. And just kept loving them. It was quite a storm. And then he does an amazing thing, which is what a stop. He says, and Jesus awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. He awoke from his sleep. He got up. He saw the storm, it was raging greatly. He walked to the top, and he just said, Shut up! That's what he was saying. It's the same word that they would use, that he used earlier when he was doing an exorcism and casting out demons. Get out! Be still! Shut up! To the wind, and the waves, and the storm. And instantly, it stopped. It wasn't like you just got lucky when, you, when you, you're, you're microwaving something and you're trying to figure out if I can count the numbers. Ready? One. And now. Ding. And that slight chance that it might actually ding when you say that. It's not like that. It wasn't that just the storm died down all of a sudden and the wind stopped and then they're still rocking in the boat. No, Jesus said, shut up, wind. Stop. Be still. And everything stopped instantly. The wind stopped, and the waves stopped, and it was crystal clear. Perfectly calm was the Greek You could see your reflection like a mirror. This is unbelievable authority that God demonstrated. I mean, He talked to the wind and the waves. They don't have ears to hear, but all creation can hear God. That's why Psalm 107 talks that, talk that way. That when God speaks, He can stop storms. He can remove... He, he is in control of nature. And Jesus is God. And this storm that was unbelievably stopped revealed the amazing authority of God. 
and his power over creation. And this completely stirred these guys up. I mean, they had just yelled at Jesus, basically. But they, they, thought, they thought they were going to die. And all of a sudden, he is, gets up and he calms the storm. Everything stops. They've never seen anything like this. These guys are fishermen. They've seen storms come in, and they've seen them die down pretty quickly. But they've never seen anything like this. Where he talked, and everything stopped. And the wind ceased. And Jesus looked at him and he said, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? I mean, these guys recognize that we are way in beyond anything that we've ever understood. Who is this man? We had just yelled at him to get up and wake up. And now he just calmed this thing. They realize that they are in a presence greater than anything they've ever known. And they were scared. And Jesus said, Have you still no faith? But why are you so afraid? Or another way to say it is, where is your faith? I just spent yes, this, this whole day sharing with you the greatness of the kingdom of God. I called you to myself. I told you to listen. I told you to, to really listen. Not get discouraged. The seed's going to grow. I told you, don't worry. It may seem like a small thing now. But God's going to be moving in these things. I spent my whole time with you. I explained to you these things, Jesus says. Why are you so afraid? Where's your faith? Why do you have a hard time trusting God? Jesus would still ask us the same thing today. Where's your faith? When things are really out of control and you're not sure what to do, Jesus would just say, listen, where's your faith? And some of you really, you want to believe sometimes. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you do want to believe. You can't work yourself into faith. Faith is not a virtue. In the Bible, faith is a gift. And so Jesus was saying to these guys, hey, if you want to have Faith. Where's your faith? It's not going to be found in yourselves. Left to yourselves, you're going to be scared to death. But where's your faith? Find your faith in me. And it's a gift. And if you're this, here this morning just struggling with faith, you want to believe. You, you, you want to believe that the storms of your life can be calmed. That it's not all just chaos out of control, but you're just struggling. Then, then go to the one who is the giver of faith. Tim Keller says it this, this way, if you want to believe but can't stop, but can't, stop looking inside. Go to Jesus and say, help me believe. Go to him and say, so you're the one who gives faith. I've been trying to work it out by reasoning and thinking and meditating and going to church in hopes that a sermon will move me. I've been trying to get faith by myself. Now I see that you're the source of faith. Please, give it to me. If you do that, Keller says, you will find that Jesus has been seeking you. He's the author of faith, the provider of faith, and the object of faith. Jesus calmed the storm. He stirred something up greatly in the disciples. And he's calling them again, listen. You're not going to be able to get faith on your own. You're going to have to find faith from me. So just ask me 
forth. And they said, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? There, there's a response to every story that Jesus gives. You can't read the story of Jesus and say, well, he was just a good guy. He's just a great teacher. This says that he was greater than all those things. He stood up, talked to a massive storm, it stopped dead. Jesus has to be dealt with. Jesus has to be responded to in our own lives. Does this story remind you of any other story? People that would have first heard this story would have been very familiar of another story. Another guy who was in a boat, and he went down and he fell asleep. And then a big storm came up. And the way to stop the storm was throwing him into the water. Jonah went through this exact same situation. But he was running from God. And Mark wrote the story so that we would even think, hey, this sounds very familiar. There was another guy that did this. But Jonah was running from God. And Jesus was not running from God. They both did the exact same things, basically. They got in the boat. They went to the bottom of the boat. They slept. The storm came up. They got up. The storm didn't need to be dealt with. They were the ones to deal with it. But the difference between Jesus and Jonah is that Jesus is the greater Jonah. Jesus came... and didn't avoid the storm. He took the storm of the wrath of God right on him for us. Jesus didn't run away from the storm. He actually ran to the storm. That's how you know that Jesus loves you. The way you're going to get faith and the way you're going to know the faith that God has for you is you're going to have to see Jesus for who he is. That he did not run away in the greatest storm of your sin and the wrath of the sin and the, pre- the payment of that, he went fully to the cross for that. He went head in to the storm for you so that you would not have to go into it. And the way we grow our faith is looking to Jesus. The way you keep responding to Jesus is by keep turning in to Jesus. Two weeks, two weeks ago, First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Pastor Frank Pomeroy spoke to his church on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And he loves motorcycles, and he brought his motorcycle to the church that day, and he put it in the front of the auditorium, not knowing what was going to happen last weekend. And I don't know how pastors are. We, we think of these crazy illustrations and think, yeah. By Friday, it sounds boring and dull to us. I'm not going to use it. He didn't do that. The Holy Spirit gave that to him. His 14-year-old daughter, Annabelle, loved motorcycles. His wife was gone that week. And so God said, hey, God let Frank and Annabelle ride together on the way to church. And it was 32 degrees that morning. And he said that as he was riding to church, he, he pointed to the thermostat on the motorcycle and it was pretty cold. And he goes, one of the things I've noticed about Annabelle, he said, was that she is, uh, we're going on turns. She gets a little nervous and she grips a little bit tighter. She doesn't fully trust everything yet with the motorcycles. 
But on that day, two weeks ago, I said in the sermon, we're riding, and I pointed to the temperature, and Annabelle, this is my good one, she's a little bit crazy. That's a gift that God gave me. Not knowing that a week later, his 14-year-old daughter would be killed going to church. The whole point of his message is when you are going through hard times, when you are going through storms, you don't turn away. You turn in to God. You lean in to God. How you grow your faith is just keep leaning in. You keep turning in to Jesus. You will know His love and you'll know His care in the furious storms as you know that He is the King of the universe. And that one day He will restore and He'll calm all the storms. Because He has unbelievable love for you and unbelievable faithfulness. Is this the kind of faith you have? Is this how you're dealing with the storms that you're going through right now? Jesus would just say, hear me. Listen. Respond. Turn to me. Don't turn away from me because great is my faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that you have needed, He's going to provide for you. Great is His faithfulness. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above Join with all nature and manifold witness to the great faithfulness of God. Is that what you're leaning into this morning? Is that what you're trusting God in? Jesus says, hey, I, I took the greatest storm for you. I took your sin on the cross. I leaned into it. Now all I'm asking you to do is lean into me. Listen. And we just have to answer the question, who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey Him. Have you answered that question? Do you know who Jesus is? Would you like a relationship with Jesus? Then just lean in and ask Him. Say, I, I want to know you. I want to know and have that kind of faith. And I, and I want to believe, and I, I do see that you died on the cross for my sins. And maybe if you are a Christian, and you're starting to waver and question all the chaos that goes on in your life, do you, do you know how a sunset is made? When, when all the clouds are just perfectly aligned and there's a little bit of sunrise at the top and a little sunbeam at the bottom, you know how that's done? I don't either. But God does. And He does it day after day after day after day. He is sovereignly and fully in control. The Creator of the universe says He loves you and He cares for you and He can conquer every storm. He can calm the seas. So don't turn away from God. Lean into Him because His faithfulness is great.